Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Fortune. It's me, your host, Jamie Wright, and we're here to do yet another weekly astrological forecast. This one is for the week of October 2nd through the 7th of 2023. Uh, As always, if you're enjoying Good Fortune, I'd love if you could become a paid subscriber to my Substack. That's the best way to support this podcast and support me and make sure these forecasts keep getting made. And I'm going to dive right into this one. I'm recording this one kind of early because uh, I'm going away next week and so I'm trying to get ahead on a few things. Um, So if there's something... (laughs) that's come up, you know, in the news since uh, September 25th that feels really relevant to what I'm talking about and I'm not talking about it, it's because it hasn't happened yet. So uh, just wanted to (laughs) give that disclaimer because usually I'm recording these like right before they're released. Um, But we're trying new things. So this week, October 2nd through the 7th, you know, the full moon in Aries has come to pass and we are now officially in eclipse season. The moon is beginning to wane and the next lunation, the next new moon is going to be a solar eclipse that comes next week. So we're in the portal, if you will. Not to be dramatic, but we're we're in some twisty, faded times. Um, eclipse season is not something to be feared, you know. Uh, at some point, a friend was like, "So what? What's the deal with eclipses? <laughs> like, are they a big deal?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, they are, but also they happen every six months, you know." This is not some once in 40 year aspect. This is something that happens every six months, which is that every six months, it's almost like we go into like almost like a finals week or a midterm week or just a period where it feels very like it's crunch time. Like things are coming up very quickly. Things that we thought we didn't have to deal with are being put right directly in front of us on our plate. Things that we thought would take much longer to develop or are coming to a resolution, you know, in days or weeks instead of in months or years. Um, But eclipses really represent a process that we're all in and a process of sort of expansion and contraction that are happening in two different parts of our life or two different parts of the chart. And Sometimes what those expansions and contractions are, are very, very obvious. Sometimes they're much more subtle. It depends how the eclipses are hitting your chart, what house it is, you know, is it happening in one of your important houses, your angular houses, or is it happening in one of the houses where where things are more subtle, things are more nuanced. Not everyone experiences every eclipse the same way and not every eclipse is about you just like not every pluto transit is about you um and i just wanted to you know say that all just to say that like i'm going to be talking about eclipse season i'm going to be talking about these crunchy faded times but i'm not saying that to like (laughs) 
bring up anyone's cortisol levels. I just, um, you know, these times are when things just kind of happen. And this year, it's very interesting because eclipse season uh, lines up pretty exactly with the month of October. So we're in this kind of time that's already spooky, witchy. <laughs> you already kind of feel like the veil is very thin. And it's especially going to feel like that this year. Um, the other important thing that's happening this week is that at the end of the week, Venus, after spending four months in Leo, is going to leave Leo and move into Virgo. And so this week is actually the final week of what's called the Venus retrograde shadow. So we had Venus retrograde back over the summer uh, for 40 days from the end of July through the beginning of September. Um, but there's a shadow period to any retrograde, which is when the planet is already in or still in the degrees that took up the retrograde. So Venus stationed retrograde back in the end of July at 28 degrees Leo. And this week is when Venus finally once again gets to 28 degrees Leo, which happens on Saturday the 7th. And so after Saturday the 7th, for the first time since June 18th, <laughs> Venus will be covering new ground. You know, we're no longer on the path, you know, laying out the breadcrumbs and picking them back up and heading out of the woods. We're in a completely different clearing on a completely different path now. Um, so this week, in addition to us sort of heading into this eclipse season and things starting to feel like they're speeding up, we're also really tying together the lessons of everything that played out during this long four-month Venus and Leo period, which began back on June 5th. And then Venus actually entered the pre-retrograde shadow on June 18th. So from June 18th to October 7th, there's a story that's been happening, this path we've been on, and we're really coming to the final moments of it. And especially things that come up this week might connect back to things that were happening back when Venus first stationed retrograde uh, on July 22nd. There might have been something that you, it was sort of like you could almost grasp it back at the end of July and you weren't quite there and now you're fully going for it. You're fully leaning in um, and things are progressing. So those are just some things to keep in mind, you know, heading into the week. Um, this is definitely a more intense <laughs> week. Um, as I've been talking about, you know, September was the very chill month and October is not chill. And we learned that right away. On Monday the 2nd, we have the moon in Taurus. Um, so this is coming out on Sunday the 1st. And on Sunday the 1st is when we had the moon first coming into Taurus. And the moon is basically spending the whole day con conjoining Jupiter, which is such like a lovely, comforting, <laughs> relaxing aspect. Like such good vibes, such a good day. But now... On the second, the moon is still in Taurus, um, but the moon, we start off the day with the moon forming a conjunction with Uranus. And while the moon is forming that conjunction with Uranus, at 11.34 a.m. on Monday, we have Mercury opposite Neptune. 
And so Mercury has been in a really good position for months now. Mercury has been in Virgo where they are so articulate and so technical and such a good communicator. And we had the whole long Mercury retrograde where I really feel like it was an opportunity for everyone to like kind of get their shit together in some way. (laughs) Even if it was a difficult process, there was this sense of like, okay, this is hard, but what I'm doing is really fixing the problem. And what was amazing about that Mercury retrograde is that Mercury got very close to forming this opposition with Neptune, but didn't quite make it. And, you know, Mercury in Virgo is like, I'm the technical queen. And Neptune is like, I'm going to make everything so confusing, so hazy. I'm going to literally let us float in the ocean or like float in a bowl of soup. And so Mercury opposite Neptune is confusing. It's hazy. It's where we get misguided and misdirected and things get turned around. You know, there might be some confusion around travel, around details, around a message you sent, around emails you're getting. Um, So if you do have to travel on this day, if you are doing something technical, like just make sure you're double checking, like double check the time of your tickets, make sure you're getting to the airport on time, to the train on time, Um, you know, have someone navigate for you while you're driving. I mean, Mercury opposite Neptune can be confusing when you have to do something specific, but it's also a great influence for... um, writing poems, (laughs) dreaming, you know, being creative, having a very like think outside the box kind of brainstorm or conversation. There's a lot of really great creative energy with this day. It's just not productive. And because the moon is also applying to conjoin Uranus, which goes exact 1157 AM, there's definitely this kind of uh, frazzled feeling to Monday morning. Um, After that on Monday, the moon makes a connection (laughs) with Venus and then Neptune and then Mercury and then Pluto um, all throughout the afternoon into the evening. So there's just a lot of busyness going on, which is why I I bring up that there's there's probably going to be a lot on your plate, (laughs) but with Mercury opposing Neptune, there's going to be confusion about like what to prioritize. So uh, it's definitely a good day to kind of like check in with friends, be like, can you be my accountability partner? Can I talk this through with you? You know, double check the work. Um, So the moon, yeah, the moon is in Taurus all throughout Monday, making connections to every single planet. Um, so many connections that it's (laughs) the influences probably are going to feel very mixed up and jumbled. And, um, you know, there's like some sweet moments, some confusing moments, some harder moments, but they're all kind of happening at once. Then going into Tuesday, the third, one of 3 AM, the moon enters Gemini. So we're in our Gemini moon era, you know, we're still coming off this Mercury square Neptune. Um, usually the moon in Gemini is like, oh, I want to figure out all the details and get all the information, but this moon in Gemini is a little sleepier. And especially because at 3.28 AM on Tuesday, the moon squares Saturn. So overnight on Tuesday here on the East coast, which all these times are in Eastern, (laughs) just FYI, um, there's... uh, 
there's a little bit of a sobering effect um, with the moon squaring Saturn that hopefully is helping us kind of come down from the busyness and the confusion of Monday. Um, sometimes I think of the moon squaring Saturn as, as like a kind of bummer transit, but this one feels more sobering and like, okay, we're bringing everyone back to earth. Uh, then on Tuesday at 3.19 p.m., Mercury trines Pluto. So this is an interesting aspect coming like hot off the tail of Mercury-Neptune because Mercury-Neptune, as I said, is intoxicating and Mercury-Pluto is like a powerhouse kind of investigator. It's, you know, let's really dig deep into the details and get to the bottom of this. So... There is this uh, maybe a hint of like, you know, some of the some of the fantasies you're drifting into on Monday. It's so that on Tuesday you can really get to the point of something. Mercury trying Pluto is very incisive and cutting. Like it's kind of this vibe of like on Monday you send a text and no one ever responds to you. And then on Tuesday, you get just like the most specific direct response that really cuts through all the fog. And like, you don't have any more questions <laughs> about that situation. Um, but it, there's a real kind of like brute force and brute strength with this. Um, and this is kind of the finale of Mercury and Virgo that we've been dealing with for months. It kind of feels like, okay, I've been deep in this investigation, deep in this problem solving, and now I'm delivering the facts, I'm delivering the truth, I'm delivering my presentation, and I'm making an impact with it. Um, then at 8.03 p.m. on Tuesday, the moon trines the sun. So this is when we're heading into more of this resolution phase of the lunar cycle. Things are starting to wind down. We're in this kind of waning gibbous era. Um, we're in the lobby after the show. <laughs> um, then on Wednesday, the 4th, the moon is still in Gemini. Um, but at 2.06 p.m., we have a once-in-two-year aspect, which is Mars conjunct the south node. And so Mars, you know, is our action, our direction. It's our sex drive. It's anger. It's conflict. It's how we attack life, attack the situation, attack the problem. Um, and the south node is the past. It's things that we need to shed. It's things that we need to let go. It's a sense of release. And with Mars conjoining the south node, there's a sense of releasing anger or releasing resentment or releasing what's been holding you back from moving forward. Um, and it's especially poetic with Mars in Libra because actually really for the last two years... Mars hasn't been in Libra for the last two years, but the Mars archetype has almost been, because the last time we had like a reset of Mars when Mars meets the sun, which was in October, 2021, Mars was in Libra. And ever since then, like whatever Mars rules in each of our charts, you know, we had that reset, but in this sign that Mars doesn't love <laughs> to be in. So there's really been this feeling of like taking some steps forward, but then having to take many steps back, um, both in just like general momentum in life, but also like especially um, the parts of our chart that Mars rules, which is different for everyone. But 
this Mars conjoining the South Node, we're coming to the very end of that Mars cycle that reset back in 2021, and it'll reset fully again in mid-November. But this aspect that's happening on Wednesday afternoon is definitely about releasing sort of the frustration <laughs> that we've been feeling, like partially for the last couple weeks, but really for the last couple years. And I think some of that is releasing anger and resentment and frustration uh, around the ways that maybe like, especially with Mars and Libra, that we've been too polite or we've been too indecisive or we've been, we sort of gotten in our own way or tried to over curate or overthink or over beautify something. Um, and there's a real sense of letting that go and finality that also comes with <laughs> quite a bit of exhaustion. Um, especially for the Scorpio risings and the Aries risings, because Mars is your ruling planet. So there's this sense of like Mars is releasing and letting go and having this cathartic moment. But for you, it's, it's really about you and your identity and yourself. Um, and so just be gentle on yourselves, especially the Scorpio and Aries risings. Um, another date potentially to look back on is December 15th, 2021. That was the last time Mars met the South Node and we had a similar kind of release. Um, but that time uh, Mars was in Sagittarius. So it was a little bit more of a trick and less of a treat, if you will. Um, continuing on on Wednesday, at 8.08 p.m., we have Mercury entering Libra. So the Mercury in Virgo era is over and Mercury is going into Libra for the next few weeks. And, you know, Mercury in Libra is not as talented maybe at mercurial things as Mercury in Virgo, but Virgo and Libra have a lot in common. And what Libra brings to the sort of Mercury table you know, the communication table, the technician table, the putting things together and then taking them apart table is a sense of style, a sense of curation, a sense of balance, a sense of grace. Um, and I was looking through celebrities with Mercury and Libra and uh, just one that I want to use as an, as an example is um, Gwyneth Paltrow, which Gwyneth Paltrow is also a Libra son. So that's part of this with her as well. But I recently learned that goop, like I thought she called it goop because it was like a joke about, uh, you know, we put goop on our face, we put products on our face. But I, I found out that there was just some tech guy who told her that web companies do well if they have a double O in them, like Google or whatever. And so she, Goop is just GP, her initials, with a double O in between it. And it's just kind of a coincidence that it's also a word. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure there was more thought around it, but I never realized how much of, like, an actual, like, highbrow, not funny joke that was. And... <laughs> I think, um, I mean, also it is a funny joke. It's both funny and not funny, which is very Libra. And I guess that's all to say that Mercury and Libra is really about telling those kind of highbrow jokes through words, through actions, <laughs> through the ways we connect. 
with people. And so that's going to be the vibe for the next couple weeks, um, is well-curated comedy and um, curation that has a little knowing wink inside of it. Um, Finally, the last aspect on Wednesday is that 11.32 p.m., the moon trines Mars. Um, So interestingly, like the moon... The moon in Gemini is going to kind of be like caught between a rock and a hard place, (laughs) caught between Saturn and Mars all day on Wednesday. So that's adding a certain uh, heaviness to the day, especially the heaviness to the Mars conjunct south node aspect we're having. But once the moon trines Mars late night on Wednesday, there is this sense of like, okay, on to the next moving on. Um, that might be a night when you get a little surge of energy before bed. Um, so just be prepared (laughs) for that late night inspiration. Um, on Thursday, the fifth, the moon is still in Gemini at 12, 27 AM. We have the moon square Neptune, um, which hopefully after that burst of inspiration late night, uh, about an hour previously, you know, that's the moon square Neptune is, is going to be a little bit of a sedative. It's going to put us to sleep. <laughs> it's going to let us go off to dreamland. Um, and then at 2.34 a.m., the moon sextiles Venus, you know, continuing these gentler vibes as we sort of wash away the influence of Wednesday. Um, and 8.31 a.m. on Thursday, the moon enters Cancer. Um, And so the moon in Cancer, you know, every month when we get to this part of the lunar cycle, the moon loves to be in Cancer. It's her home sign. There's this real sense of fertility and abundance and good food and family. And, you know, it's it's like a gorgeous picnic that's very well executed. Um, And on Thursday at 1032 a.m., the moon squares Mercury. And then at 1054 a.m., the moon trines Saturn. And these are great kind of aspects for productivity, for work, for reaching out to people. Um, Weirdly, I think like great kind of aspects for like planning some kind of party, planning a dinner, planning to gather with friends. Um, So if the earlier part of the week was rough for you, Thursday morning, (laughs) there might be an energy of like waking up and rallying and being like, I'm going to put together a fun party for my friends this weekend so we can kind of like wash away some of those vibes. Um, Friday the 6th, the moon is still in Cancer. um, And at 9.47 a.m., we have the last quarter moon. So Friday is the last quarter moon, which is really when we are wrapping up. (laughs) You know, we're wrapping up the story that began back at the new moon in Virgo on September 14th. So there's something seeded then that we saw through a climax, and now we're getting ready to pivot and move on to the next thing. Um, Last quarter moons, there's always kind of this this real uh, power surge, I feel like. It's like a, there's a very powerful alchemy and summation that often happens with them. And on Friday, you know, we have that last quarter moon begin. And then at 11.29 a.m. Friday, the moon sextiles Jupiter, which is just such a fun, convivial 
vibe. It's a great energy for Friday. It's, you know, after a rough week, this is the kind of like, you know, I'm having a good day with my coworkers or my clients or my friends. Um, but then 7.17 p.m. on Friday, the moon squares Chiron, um, which that feels to me very like, okay, we rallied, we got through the week, and then after I finish up work on Friday, I want to ha go have a drink with my friend, or I want to invite some friends over for dinner, but we're all going to watch like uh, our favorite old movie and cry. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's this, but it's not, yeah, it's a, it can be a happy cry, but there's a sense of release of, you know, some emotion, maybe some pain, some sense of healing, some sense of forgiveness on Friday night. Then we go into Saturday the 7th and Saturday the 7th is one of those kind of busy days like we had on Monday the 2nd, like the moon is all over the place. <laughs> she, she's talking to everyone. She's, you know, 4.22 a.m. She sextiles Uranus. 9.21 a.m. She squares the nodes. And then 10.58 a.m. She trines Neptune. And so that to me is like, there's a kind of hurried start to the day. Um, and then there's a little bit of a crunch. And then by the time she's trining Neptune at 11 a.m., you're ready for a nap. <laughs> like, there's a real kind of like, go, 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 and then release. But then once she trines Neptune, she's then applying to square Mars, which goes exact at 1.25 p.m., which is, you know, one of those aspects that brings up conflict, but that also brings up action and passion and movement. So it's like, even if you're trying to take a nap, you're gonna wake up from it quickly and be dragged into yet another story. Um, then at 3.11 p.m. on Saturday, the moon opposes Pluto, which is bringing up some of the intense, heavier stuff that we're working through, the transformations we're moving through, you know. This is not an easy Saturday. <laughs> um, this is a Saturday where I would have a plan. You know, maybe in some ways, it's kind of a great day for a party because, um, not maybe not a chill party, but a party where <laughs> you have to be running around and doing a lot of different things. And it's maybe a good day to just be like, okay, I'm cleaning up the house. I'm organizing my stuff. I'm cleaning out my closet. I'm, you know, working on a big project that requires me to like drum up some emotions or requires me to like really put a lot of effort and energy. Like, there's a real sense that like if there's not something to work on during the day on Saturday, that will actually lead to kind of more confusion and more frustration. So yeah, what I say to clients sometimes when they're having larger transits that kind of mirror what's going on in the sky on Saturday is like, <laughs> like give yourself a project because if you don't have the project, it's all just kind of going to be building up on an internal level. Um, after the moon opposes Pluto at 3.11 p.m. on Saturday, the moon then goes fully void for about four hours 
until the moon enters Leo at 7.24 p.m. And that is going to be a big kind of vibe shift, you know. We're going from the moon in Cancer that's, you know, very maternal, very emotional, to the moon in Leo that just wants to have a party and be seen and go out and sing karaoke, you know. So maybe Saturday all day is the party prep, and then Saturday night is the party where you're just going to, like, try on six different outfits during the course of the night. Um... (laughs) That's something that I used to do a lot when I hosted parties, like to keep myself um, entertained and not feeling socially anxious. I would just go in my room and change clothes every couple hours. And it's a really effective uh, strategy to kind of keep people invested (laughs) in staying at the party. Um, And there's something about Saturday that's that's kind of giving that energy Saturday night. Moving into Sunday, so the moon is still in Leo, um, and at 7.47 p.m., the moon sextiles Mercury, which is a sweet aspect for, you know, having a good conversation, you know, 7.47 a.m., um, that aspect happening is maybe, you know, rolling over after a good night and (laughs) sending kind of a hungover text to your friend, um, And then the whole day, we're pretty still in the sky. The good thing is that the moon is applying to square Jupiter for the rest of the day on Sunday, which is always a really sort of supportive, energizing, enthusiastic, optimistic kind of energy. It's also a protection from any kind of worst case scenarios happening. But the other aspect that goes exact on Sunday that we will be feeling for most of the end of the week is Mars square Pluto. And so Mars square Pluto, again, is this kind of power struggle. Um, it's digging into something and it's it's a push. It's, it's a push through transformation. And... You know, earlier in the week, we had Mars conjoining the South Node, which is that kind of cathartic release, the letting go. But Mars square Pluto is is sort of a continuation of that process. But it's almost like, uh, I don't know, this notion to like push past, you know, the sort of final ghosts, the final things that are holding us back, the final worries. Um there can be a real power with Mars square Pluto, but you know, it's, it can also be an aspect that brings up a lot of intense emotions and intense feelings. Um, and a lot of this probably has to do with like the way this week, you know, the energy has really picked up, things are changing, planets are changing signs, you know, there were no planets that changed signs for like (laughs) the entirety of September, except the sun going into Libra. And this week, there's just a lot of change. We're in a new story. And some of this Mars square Pluto that's coming up on Sunday might be it's almost feels like it's very like Sunday scaries on steroids. (laughs) To me, actually, it's like Sunday scaries, but Sunday scaries for like what's coming up, not just in the coming week, but for the next month. But there is a sense of also pushing past that as well. And with the moon squaring Jupiter all day on Sunday, as I said, there's a feeling of like, despite that sort of nervous, worried feeling, there's also just um, a sense of hope, 
also in the air. Um, and right after Mars square Pluto goes exact, Venus enters Virgo at 9, 10 p.m. on Sunday. And so that, that with that change, we fully bring the Venus and Leo era to a close, that four-month era. And Venus in Virgo is very different than Venus in Leo. You know, Venus in Leo is like, let me do these bold, grand gestures. And Venus in Virgo is much more of an acts of service kind of love. Um, it's much more of a, you know, let me show you how much I love you by sweeping the floor and preparing this meal <laughs> and making your life easier. Um, you know, Venus and Virgo can also be quite alluring, you know, very sexy, but it's, um, there's a real sort of like detail orientedness to, to everything with Venus and Virgo and looking at examples, I was looking for examples of people who have both Venus and Virgo and Mercury and Libra. And my favorite time twins have this, which is Lil Wayne and St. Vincent, who I think were born one day apart or maybe on the same day in September 1982. So they're both Libra sons with Mercury in Libra and Venus in Virgo. And I've long been obsessed with their time twinness based on the art that they both make. And um, I also just love Libra musicians in general. It's perhaps my Libra rising bias, but there's a way that um, Libra musicians, especially like lyrically, really engage in this sense of like uh, repetition. There's something very like, satisfyingly repetitive and circular. Um, I'm really just riffing here, but it's almost like they make these lyrical golden ratios, but they're not doing it on purpose. Like <laughs> the Taurus sun per person or musician or a Taurus Mercury would like make the lyrical golden ratio on purpose, but the Mercury and Libra musician is almost like I can't help but like subtly wink and give you this kind of like satisfying, um, I don't know, this satisfying earworm. Um, and there's something about this shift to Venus and Virgo while it's still Libra season and Mercury is in Libra where, I don't know, we, we're in this sort of Venus and Virgo sweeping the floor, getting all the details correct time, but it's coming with this real Libran sense of comedy and shape and balance. And I do think one of the important things to kind of hold close during this kind of spirally, twisty eclipse time is like, what are the containers that hold me? What are the shapes that hold me? Um, what are, like, how can I like actually curate my life? What do I need to get rid of so that I can be surrounded with more ease and beauty? And how is that all a subtle joke <laughs> with the universe? Um, 
And yeah, and with that, just, you know, the last aspect of the week is 10.55 p.m. on Sunday. The moon squares Jupiter, and we kind of close that loop of that sort of hope and optimism that we've been feeling in the back burner all Sunday. Um, And yeah, it puts a sort of button on the week, I think, of, okay, that was a lot, but everything's going to be okay. Um... And just to go through, once again, the main aspects of the week, Monday the 2nd, we have Mercury opposite Neptune. On Tuesday the 3rd, we have Mercury trine Pluto. On Wednesday the 4th, we have Mars conjunct the south node and then Mercury entering Libra. Um, Friday the 6th, we have the last quarter moon in Cancer. And Sunday the 8th, we have Mars square Pluto and Venus entering Virgo. Um, I hope you all have a exciting, stimulating, and ultimately satisfying week. And I'll be back next Sunday or whenever you're listening to this to see how it went and talk to you again. All right. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.